welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of GoombaStomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Daxon. Joining us, we have games editor, Mark Galaroff. It's finally time. <laughs> uh, a very ominous and portentous introduction from Mark. We're going to get back to that in a second, but first we've got to introduce indie games editor, Campbell Gill. I absolutely cannot wait to dig into this episode. Oh, already, already a knock against you. Uh, Campbell, sorry, I've got, course... I've got some puns stuck in my pocket, so that's fine. Oh god, oh god, no, there's more. <laughs> oh, this is good. This is an excellent beginning. Uh, we can't go any further without introducing our returning and very special guest, Celia Schilling. Celia, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, Celia, want to give give like a, a little brief introduction about who you are, your relation to uh, yacht club games, and uh, just maybe maybe like a brief uh, description of what you do there. Oh, yeah, sure. So, hi, my name is Celia Schilling. I'm head of marketing and licensing at Yacht Club Games. And so any, I don't know, copy, marketing materials, uh, fun interviews like this, and social media. And if you see new merchandise, I am a part of that process. So that's a little bit of what I do. This is uh, this is true. You were on the podcast earlier this year. It's hard to believe that it's been almost a year uh, to talk about Cyber Shadow. Um, and in the 10 months since then, uh, we have another game whose release is imminent. Shovel Knight mm -hmm. Pocket Dungeon. Uh, congratulations on that, by the way. Uh, two games in one year is, is a huge accomplishment for any studio, and I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And yeah, we did. You were my first Cyber Shadow interview, and you were what? almost my first for Pocket Dungeon. I was like trying to schedule it, but uh, I know uh, I was trying to have a repeat. But um, yeah, it's it feels like ages ago that we talked. So it's, it's good to be it, on again. Thank you. I was I was telling uh, Campbell right before we started recording that last night I, I dipped into uh, Bowser's Fury for the first time in like 10 months. And I was like, oh yeah, that came out this year. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> what a what a year it has been. And I think it's great to cap it off with, with two Yacht Club interviews. I think that's fantastic. Uh, so all that being said, thank you so much for joining us. Campbell, do you want to just like dive into your questions here? Do we, anything we got to kind of like set up before we start talking about, uh, about Pocket Dungeon and the, and the journey to its release? Like what do we I can what set we up here? one thing. Please. Cameron. Go ahead, Mark. I have a question for you, Celia. Yeah, what's up? It's, it's been so long. You ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. Give us an update on the dungeon. The dungeon? <laughs> the dungeon. The dungeon. Did I make a joke last time about a dungeon? Yes. I'm going to guess yes. how during COVID you were stuck in your anime waifu dungeon. That is exactly oh, what you Oh, that it. dungeon. I'm sorry. I have so many. One of them's a pocket dungeon. So I don't know. Uh, so I was like, is this how I introduced the plot of pocket dungeon? Because that's a weird way to do it. We can. Um, I mean. Yeah. So since we last talked, I've um, put up more posters. <laughs> and I got a couch in here. It's a futon couch. It's really cool. Oh, damn. And yeah. I, um, yeah, I actually decorated. So, oh, and there's an exercise bike. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> a very healthy so, dungeon. Yeah. Nice. That's that's how the, the waifu dungeon's going right now. Thank you for the so, reminder. How dare I forget about the dungeon? And then I guess the other thing is uh, any alpaca merchandise. That was the other update. Nothing new. I still have the oldies and goodies. They're on my shelf, but uh, I haven't been really buying much. So sure. Yeah, maybe this holiday season I can just get myself a new hoard. You know? Get yourself a little a little Christmas present. I think. Um, yeah. I think. <laughs> uh, 
that's yeah, that's very good. I, I had forgotten about the anime waifu dungeon, but uh, thank you for for bringing that back up again, Mark. Um, Campbell, I'm going to throw it to you. <laughs> Why don't you? Let's throw it to throw it to Campbell. Let's let's kick this thing off, uh, and we can start talking about Pocket Dungeon, the latest upcoming game from Yacht Club Games. Excellent. Let's get down to business now. So to start things off with kind of just a good old standard question, how about, could you give us and our listeners just a, a quick overview of what Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon is all about and describe what makes it different from all the other Shovel Knight games that have come out to this point? Yeah, sure. Okay, so Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon is a puzzle action adventure game with a dungeon crawling twist. We've developed this game alongside Vine, and we've taken everything that we love about falling block puzzles and mixed it together with our like love of roguelike. It's, it's like a love child of everything we enjoy about those two genres. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess more about it, it's, you know, it's not a platformer. So it, usually with Shovel Knight games, you know, you would expect it to be like that type of side scroller. But the way we set it up, it is a, it's just a fun new adventure. That's actually one of the reasons why we named it Pocket Dungeon, because like they're all little pocket sized caricatures of the characters and tiny dungeons that you could uh, you could fit possibly in your pocket. <laughs> love that wow that's adorable uh thank you yeah so could you maybe talk a little bit more about how shovel knight pocket dungeon it came to be you were talking a little bit about the collaboration with vine but could you describe a bit more about how where the inspiration come from and how the project first got its start oh yeah okay so how we found vine okay so it kind of goes into parts about this because initially when we met Vine, they had posted about the new game that they're making, um, Puzzle Nights. <laughs> and guess what? We found them on Twitter, you know, as yep. per usual in true Yacht Club Games fashion. Uh, Russell, he is Vine Studios. He's a one-man developer. Does any of this sound familiar? Um, and he was posting <laughs> about this game he was going to release. And it was really cool. And at Yacht Club Games, we love puzzles. Um, so we were really hyped about it. So we reached out to him and we're like, oh, like, could we check out more of your game? Because he was posting like screenshots every day of different things. And the game, so bizarrely, it fits so well with the Shovel Knight genre. Like the monsters, they have a like, they had skeletons, they had ghosts, they had this little goopy blob guy, which looks exactly and very convenient with uh, Invisa shades, bone clings, and blorbs. And, you know, their name is Puzzle Knight. Like, what? So, um,. David and the rest of the team was like, hey, like, would you want to work together on something? Like, this would be a really great, like, collaboration. And Russell was like, heck yeah, let's do it. So <laughs> together we joined forces. Um, we high-fived. We're like, let's do this. And it was a very hands-on process with both teams. So unlike, like, previous ventures, um, this one, like, the Yacht Club Games team was very involved. Um, we did a lot of, like, I guess uh, we wrote the copy, like for all the dialogue in the scenes, you know, we helped build the story. Um, We gave tons of feedback on the art. Uh, Russell needed a little bit of help. So we built a team around that. So we brought on Meg, who's an amazing pixel artist, by the way. Uh, We brought on Juju, Caesar, and a ton of other people to like help bring this project to fruition. And it's been a three-year process, and we finally finished. We posted on social media. We're like, we're done. It's been three years. Okay, done. <laughs> High fives. <laughs> we can all nap. Um, but then we announced DLC, so just kidding. Uh, so it was kind of one of those things 
where it was a it was a huge collaboration of a bunch of wonderful factors and i'm really excited for the world to play it i think it's uh we talked a little bit about this during your cyber shadow interview last last winter mm -hmm. i think it's it just bears repeating that it's really incredible that you guys really make an effort to seek out those artists who you think might kind of fit under your umbrella. I think that's very, very cool. Um, and in this case, I think it's turned out to be to, to be a very fruitful collaboration. It's like a, it's such a unique project, and it's incredible that those two things, the, the Yacht Club aesthetic and the, the Vine aesthetic, just really came together in such an incredible way. I think it's very, very cool. Yeah, I feel like it was like meant to be. <laughs> it's meant to be. Clearly, it's we, we call that kismet. That's what that is. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Campbell. Go ahead. Do we call it kismet? Okay, well. We could. All right, it's official. We're calling it kismet now. Um, so another thing I was curious about is you mentioned how Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon really captures a lot of everything you love about these kinds of puzzle games. Could you maybe mention if there were any like specific puzzle games or any or games in any other genre even that served as like an inspiration for the kind of gameplay you have in Pocket Dungeon? There's so many. Like, okay, mm. and I'm just throwing out there. Wario's Woods, that's a big one. Oh, wow. heck yeah. Um, why am I just saying this here? Puyo Puyo Tetris games are really cool. I don't know. The team, like, <laughs> love, like, loves, loves, loves puzzles. Like, of all genres. Um, so, like, on that side of there's those. Uh, like, on the other side of things, I'm roguelite. Like, my... <laughs> team always jokes about Spelunky, so they really like <laughs> Spelunky. Um, they also like, um, why am I forgetting the name? Um, you know, okay, there's a Pokemon spinoff for it. It's uh, Pokemon- oh, Mystery Dungeon? Mystery oh. Dungeon, there we oh. go, the Mystery Dungeon <laughs> games. Gold Star. Um, yeah, I, I always call it Pokemon Dungeon Adventure. That's not the name, but I made up that name <laughs> when I was very little. And so I'm just like, this is a formal interview. I should probably use the real one. Um, so there's that. So like, there's so many mm. roguelites that they love. Enter the Gungeon. That wasn't an inspiration, but they just love that game. Um, sure. So it's, it's kind of one of those things where it, it took the love of both genres and to fit it in with what Puzzle Nights had already started because... Um, one of the reasons that the synergy was already there was that type of roguelike puzzle type adventure was already at its core what Puzzle Night was. It was a very unique genre. Um, actually, I think it's the first of of that type of hybrid. So um, we we fell in love with that because it's like what it's it's not just one thing we like; it's two things we like. Let's get on this. So um, experiencing that was like it was really cool. On the note of talking a bit more about the collaboration in the game, I was interested because like between Vine on Pocket Dungeon and also there's Nitrum working with Yacht Club on Shovel Knight Dig, we're seeing more and more developers pitch in and come to contribute to the Shovel Knight brand and create more spin-offs and entries in the franchise. So I was wondering, what's your approach then to bringing in more and more developers to grow the Shovel Knight franchise? And do you plan to continue collaborating with other developers on Shovel Knight projects in the future? That would be really cool. Um, we plan on making <laughs> Shovel Knight games forever and ever. Uh, as for like what our plan is for it, I don't know. What sounds cool and what sounds fun to make? What would you guys like to see? 3D platformer. Oh mm -hmm. man, me yep. too. That'd be sick. What else? Uh, oh. Cart racer, maybe. <laughs> mm. yeah, there we go. Yeah, Shuff shovel cool. knight, cyber shadow. Uh, I want to see. I want to see crossover. That's what I want to see. More crossovers. Shuffle shadow. <laughs> shovel knight's already in. That's what I want to see. So there's no reason not to do a 3D platformer. 
I don't, well, that would be really cool. That sounds like a lot of work. We're a team sleep, guys. No, no. Regardless, we can't let you guys sleep. I remember this was, it's funny because I remember you saying a similar thing uh, last, again, last year, Celia, about, oh, we had Cyber Shadows finally out. Now we can finally sleep. And I feel like actually you never did get to sleep. And I'm, yeah. I'm starting to worry for your, uh, for your health at this point. I'm fine. I take power naps. That's fine. Uh, yeah, I know. I think it's really funny because I'm like, yeah, I can sleep. And then like right after we had our like Arby's collaboration and then we had like a bunch of other things and it's like, yeah, no sleep for Celia, but it's okay because it's so much fun. Everything we're doing, like it's, it's such a fun synergy of like all the fun projects we're working on. Yeah, that's good. I mean, listen, don't burn yourself out is my, my only advice, but uh, it sounds like you guys know what you're doing, so I can't step on that. Awesome. So moving on a little bit then. Um, so you you mentioned earlier that tweet that came out recently about Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon being three years in the making with built with plenty of hard work, joy, tears, and love. Could you maybe describe a little bit more of the process of development in terms of like the challenges that the team faced during creating the game and how those were were overcome? Hmm. That is also a very good question. You have good questions. Okay, so for it... <laughs> Um, I think it was like difficulty and accessibility. I think that's like one of the largest, I guess, difficulties. I'm going to go into two. Okay, so with difficulty and accessibility, um, it's finding the balance between, you know, having, you know, the difficulty of a roguelike, but also being fun to play and balancing the characters. And it's like, should the characters all feel even, like with power, or should we just focus on it being more fun? Or like, how, how should we go about this? And like a lot of our focus uh, during development was for having the characters be like the most fun they could be to play and different styles for that, depending on how you wanted to play the game. So a lot of, I guess, solving through the difficulties was leaving it up to the player of how they want to play. So that was like one side of things. Um, another was figuring out how to introduce the new mechanic and not like mechanics, but for example, in the game, you're going to take damage. And normally in games, that doesn't feel good. <laughs> so it's how do we make that um, a form of the game and introduce it to players where it's like, it's all right to get hurt, but you use that in your strategy as opposed to just being like, oh no, Shovel Knight has an ouchie, what do I do? So um, it was explaining <laughs> that to the, like, the players to make sure that that's very transparent. And then lastly, I'm, I feel like this is more of a story, but like everything, and I think it's more of like an advantage. I don't know. Maybe we're spoiled because we're all just so passionate. But like everyone was super excited about Pocket Dungeon. We kept on throwing on cool ideas. Oh, what if we did this? What if we added this? Ah, oh, it's so cool. And then like we got up to where we need to submit the game. And we're like, oh no, we have to stop adding things so we can actually ship the game and it can go out. So I think <laughs> a difficulty was is that we were so passionate and so excited about it. And Russell was always so down. He would just be like pitching new things and we're like, okay, that's real cool, but we need to ship the game. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, that was a difficulty to be, uh, to try to, I guess, wind down on the excitement. Mm. Yeah. It feels like a, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Campbell. That, that feels like a, a uniquely Yacht Club problem. Is it everybody <laughs> on the, I mean, seriously, like it, like it feels like everybody who's, who's, who's behind the scenes or even front facing like yourself are like so passionate about the, the projects that you're creating that you're like, it's a very like yes and attitude. You know what I mean? Where mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, great. We'll, we'll put that in. We'll find a way to get that in. And, I, I, and the results are incredible, but uh, 
I don't know. Does it? Do you ever feel like burdened to to say no at a certain point, or is it always, or is it mostly enthusiasm? That's a good question. So I guess like the first half of it, with I guess it being a yacht club games problem. Oh my gosh, it is such a yacht club games problem. We're all <laughs> always really excited, and it's just such a group of wonderful people. And like, I'm not just saying there because I work there, but like when I interviewed with them, they were all super passionate about what they did and like super excited. And I was like getting pumped up as I was interviewing with them. And I'm like, if mm. I get hired this company, I'm just going to be stoked the whole time. And guess mm. what? We're stoked the whole time. And oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a nice synergy. I forgot the rest of the question. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I guess it's, 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 it's like a general kind of like, this has nothing to do with Shovel Knight Dig. I'm just like genuinely curious when the t when everybody is so enthusiastic and so excited to to create more content for a game to create more you know more merchandise to create more collaborations do you ever feel like that's i don't know maybe it's a burnout question like do you guys ever feel like you're on the verge of taking on too much saying yes to too many things um i would say that we have our head in the clouds and we have a foot on the ground so though we're stoked and we're always like, yeah, it's cool. Uh, we are also realistic about things. We're not going to start six projects and do none of them. So sure. we don't take on anything that we don't handle. But at the same time, we're dreamers and we always are saying like, you know, like Shovel Knight's going to be an all-encompassing franchise. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to, I don't know, do a bunch of awesome, amazing things one day. So, I, you know, and obviously, you know, with passion, you know, there always is the fear of burnout, but I think we have a pretty good job, like, of having um, a balance between work life. Um, I'm a workaholic myself, and I'm actually getting sure. better at, like, being able to take a break. Um, we have great vacation time. I feel like this is becoming a Yacht Club Games commercial, but, like, we have great vacation time, <laughs> and it's just kind of one of those things where the team were cautious, um, and we... We're, we're passionate, but we like letting each other be like, okay, it's time to breathe. Like, I know we joke that I don't sleep, but like, I did go on a vacation after. Okay, <laughs> so let, the record show, let the record show that Celia did get a vacation. Okay, great. Yes. Put that in the books. It was really cool. I napped a lot. I was like a bear. It's hibernated the whole time. Um, yeah. We'll be sure to feature that in the article that'll go up after this. Uh, yeah, the title better Celia, say, do, um... Celia nap like a bear. Okay, what? There you go. There you go. <laughs> I do have one question, which was, do you think Pocket Dungeon's development, um, it took three years because of the pandemic sort of pushed it along? Or do you think, no, like, it was just, it was going to take three years no matter what? You know, normally I'd be like, yeah, probably the pandemic, but I think it's because we were so excited to add things and there was a lot of things to fine tune and figure out. And also Russell, you know, he, he lives up north, so it's not like he could come into the studio and we could work really hands on together on this. Mm -hmm. So, and also, even though we built a team, you know, Russell's one guy. So like, you know, there's a lot of things in the development process that take time. So I think more of this was, three years is usually a healthy amount of time. To, to make a game so yeah I, I would I would agree with that um, Campbell can I can I kind of transition into your next question here is that okay you can absolutely transition all you want okay well, I love that uh, so we've uh, we, we've talked a lot about like this play you know player expression uh, uh, how how this game is is different from uh, mainline sho uh, shovel Knight titles we haven't what we haven't done is talk about like the structure of of, of pocket dungeon uh, in, in specific, um, so we've talked about its inspirations. We talked about Puyo Puyo. We've talked about puzzle games. 
Uh, I think one of the great things about this particular game is that even though it is all of those things, it also has a, a layer of Shovel Knight on it. And uh, Campbell's question here, I'm stealing your question, Campbell, because it's very, very good. How could you? What was it like, uh, the, the process to translate the gameplay of a, of a falling block puzzle game um, into into this this new basically you've created a new genre here the the adventure puzzler um, <laughs> I don't know what was what was that like so at the core okay so there, I guess this is another like two parter but uh, so we were very lucky because Russell had made that core foundation with Puzzle Nights already um, sure it was a much more simpler game we can get into what Puzzle Nights was like later on but um basically he created the core foundation of how the gameplay would work so. That made it very easy for us to take our, you know, take that core foundation and bake a, I was going to say bake a core cake, but that's kind of weird. But you know what I mean? <laughs> Mold it into something really cool that um, expands upon the original idea and it steps its way into the Shovel Knight universe. Uh, it's cool at Shovel Knight. It's really wacky. It doesn't take itself too seriously. And the mm -hmm. humor and levity of the gameplay really do show through with the personality of the IP. And I think that fits so well with what Russell had built initially that it created such a synergy with the genre. And I think it made it more palatable to uh, be introduced to something new like it. So the experience of development, like the process, like the team is pretty happy about it. I'm working with, you know, Meg and Juju and Caesar and, and Russell. Uh, they were very eager to explore more with development process, fine tuning things and the team getting involved and being like, okay, like with this process, like how do we hit from like point A to point B, what's in the middle and how do we form something really magic with it? So like if you guys have played the game, you know, besides, you know, going through the dungeon, you can go into side rooms and portals and like, you know, there's a shrine keeper there and it's like, oh, who's this shrine guy? It's a super skeleton. And she's like, oh, you need some keys. And so you go back and do the, the game mechanics and it's like, oh, but what's behind the shrine door? I don't know. That's a spoiler. Um, but like, it's kind of one of those things where the the development process was great because everyone was eager and since we had that synergy it just mm. it just flowed right if that makes sense it's like the magic happened it was like a rocky montage um basically of development wow that's extremely cool and and again it, it just it speaks to the i don't know it speaks to the company culture i think that's that's really great that you guys found were able to find that find and uh kind of ride that flow state for you know, a couple of years. I think that's very cool. And it's definitely something that really stuck out to me as full disclosure. I've been playing the game quite a bit in the past few days of like, I was really so struck when I got to like, I think it's the second uh, dungeon you get to where you go to pride mm -hmm. more keep. And then as soon as you, you hit one of the knights, right. It raises his shield. Like just like yeah. he, would, he would do in one of the shovel knight platformers, you know, so the way that really captured the mechanics of the core shovel knight gameplay loop and put it into something so different while still capturing that spirit is really, really so impressive to me. Um, so do you think you can maybe go into a little more, more detail about that? Like, first of all, the basis that you were working on with, puzzle night and then what it took to take that basis and then so seamlessly mix uh that shovel knight style onto it so for that process first off we're super lucky that russell had made a game that it just fit um but also <laughs> with that when you're taking certain characters it's like for example yeah like you mentioned the gold armor like isn't it kind of rad like what would a gold armor do 
that you know in the in the pocket dungeon it's like well his signature move is using his shield so when you hit him what if yeah he raised his shield and you have to go around and then do chain combos that way same thing with the blorb the blorb has poison don't step in the poison um so it's kind of one of those things of seeing how they would exist if you think of them as like existing characters or you know living you know how people are like oh how do you make the, the living breathing character so how would it exist in that world and make sense for the mechanics in there so i think it was a really healthy process um unfortunately i wasn't in the development room when deciding those type of mechanics but what i can see and what i've heard from my colleagues yeah it was super healthy super organic and um since, you know, we obviously we create our characters and we know them with our hearts and it's like, okay, so how would they react in these situations? And the same thing actually kind of goes with the characters. I'm um, like, for example, like Propeller Knight and Mole Knight, how, how would they act in the the pocket dungeon what moves would they use what are the most fun ways to use those moves that really incorporate the gameplay and have their own unique style so um i don't want to spoil too much if you haven't played as those characters yet but uh they're really fun and for that type of process i actually think russell and mig i could be wrong on this there could be a couple other people involved but i think they had um they're the ones that were like pitching ideas for that to the team and everyone was like yeah like that that's a great idea <laughs> and so i know that they had pitched a bunch of ideas and it just once again it was synergy this whole project i feel like the title of this article and this whole interview could be uh it was synergy high fives all around and like <laughs> there you go <laughs> Honestly, you should write this article at this point. You know, you've got the sense of the headlines and everything. That's that's. I know, that's right? It. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I'm picturing I'm picturing Celia as like an old timey newspaper man. Like, let me tell you, kid. Like, here's what you got to do for the headlines. Like, that's that's my head canon, Is that's what Celia is like? Thank yes, hundred percent. You're. What you're picturing is, is pretty heads on. <laughs> Next interview, I'm going to practice that and then just do that straight. And you guys will be kind of weirded out, but I'll commit to the bit. Well, you see, what we yeah, got to do is we need to start a video podcast now. So then we should all like dress up like old timey newspaper boys with the caps and everything. Wow. You know? Yeah. Make a full is, cosplay is my, episode. Is yeah. my Newsies slash N Express Nintendo podcast fanfic finally happening? Yes. 100%. <laughs> happening live on air. Alrighty. Well, back to business, though. Uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So that's amazing, though. So we, we talked a little bit before as well about this really cool thing that Pocket Dungeon does about how you have the option to define how the gameplay loop works between, you know, deciding whether it plays out like your typical roguelike, where when you run out of health, you get sent back to the start, or more like a... A, a block falling block matching puzzle game uh, you have the option to define how the game works so could you talk maybe a little bit more about what it was like to make that decision and how to implement that and still balance it in the gameplay loop so for that it is a very interesting balance because initially um but <laughs> fact uh there wasn't the infinite uh uh lives and it was like mm -hmm. how do we make this more fun uh, for players who aren't huge fans of the roguelike type genre and like a way to do that and to make it more accessible and more fun was to add infinite life. So that actually came later in the development process. Um, our focus always is to how can we make this more fun? Because that's the reason why we play games. It's, you know, it's, it's for enjoyment. Uh, and some people for cruel punishment, but that's a different story when they play like the super <laughs> difficult games for fun. But 
So yeah, like the even they're having fun with that too. It's all for fun. Um, so basically, it was like, how do we have each character and each level and each experience in this game be more enjoyable? And having that balance where the player could choose themselves just made the most sense for us because otherwise it's like okay if we're forcing them to go into one type of you know situation it's like oh well then they might not enjoy it and they might hit a wall and stop playing and we wouldn't want like to have like a like a bump in the road like that where they hit a wall and they're like oh well that's it that's why i put the controller down so yeah that's why we customized it that's smart. Do you, do you have a preference between uh, playing in stock or playing it versus uh, like puzzle puzzle style? So I'm practicing. Okay, I'm on stock five right now. But oh, nice. on casual play, <laughs> um, infinite mode's quite nice. Um, uh, I yeah. like using infinite mode to develop a strategy. Um, I know that like it's RNG with deciding which relics show up and whatever, and like which bosses that you fight. But having the best strategy when it's hit at you, it's like min maxing, and I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. So. I use that for practice, and then uh, I'm trying to get on one stock. We'll see where I go on that. Wow, I yeah. was How can I tell you, you I, I, I was uh, I've been playing on one stock for like a minute because I, I I enjoy I enjoy a roguelike. I keep finding myself reviewing like indie roguelikes for the website, not on purpose. It just like keeps happening. Um, so you know, I, I've enjoyed my share of roguelikes, but uh, this game's it's pretty tough. It's pretty uh, like the difficulty is definitely there. So I, I did switch to to infinite stock and I've been having a a, a much a much more enjoyable time I will say um, <laughs> uh, not not that it's not that it's impossible at at a, playing as a single stock but it it does start to wear down on you to be sent back to the main camp um, you know after you know bear, getting through a couple levels you have to go all the way back to the start uh, so it's fun to to just kind of crank through it uh, with with infinite stock and 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 play it kind of more as a puzzler. Uh, as a fallen block puzzle game. So I, I've been enjoying it both ways, but I think for now I am enjoying uh, Infinite Stock. What about you, That's Campbell? That's good. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll say that I actually started out with just one stock because I was like, oh, it's a, I'll play it like a roguelike. This is the, the real gamer way to play it. Um, let, let, again, let the record show that Campbell is a real gamer. 100%. Uh, just, so, so okay. how fast did you change it to Infinite? Um, <laughs> not as soon as I should have. <laughs> I will say, though, I got to my first boss and I got King Knight before I switched it to Infinite. So I'm actually kind of proud of making it that far before gotcha. before throwing in the towel. But I'm right there with you, Cameron. I actually had a lot more fun once I wasn't, like, gripping the controller and sweating profusely and just being like, I, I, I don't know if I can make it. You know, just panicking the entire time. Well, uh, and, and, and to be clear, that's one of the appeals of this game. Oh, yeah, is that exactly. You, can, yeah. you eventually can get to that point. And, and it's silly. I think it's a great a great thing to bring up that like yeah you put on infinite stock to develop those strategies i didn't get i didn't like quote unquote understand the strategy aspect for the longest time because i was like yeah you just you just go through your bopping bad guys with your shovel it's no big deal but it's like no 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 there's like legitimate strategy if certain enemies are on the screen you have to determine how big your chains can be mm-hmm. you gotta kind of keep in mind what relics you have like there, there's a lot of strategy um, in this game, way more than I was expecting, uh, to be honest, and it's it's really cool to see all of those elements come into play, especially as as you start to stack up your relics and and get further and further into the game. Agreed. Yeah, like the strategy with it, it gets like it gets real fun, complicated. Because yeah. also, I guess like my tips for that would be um, like taking your time. I know there obviously there's a limit because you know the monsters keep on coming even if you just sit there, but like. 
being aware of the board and where certain monsters are. Sometimes it's easier to knock one out of the way so you can form a chain mm -hmm. than it would be. Like, you have to be, like, strategic with your damage, too. So it's like, oh, I can knock yes. that out of the way, grab a potion, mm -hmm. and then take out all these people. Um, not people, monsters. Um, all of these monsters. <laughs> oh, Someone I just murdering everybody. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's pocket dungeon too. Duh, guys. Uh, uh, yeah. so, okay, so oh, my God. Something. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, sometimes it might be better for you when, you know, with your limit of potions to take out a huge chain rather than just getting them singly. So, like, it just depends what you're doing. But, like, you can also strategize on the fly. It's so fun. <laughs> I think one of the things that's really cool is uh, at, at certain points throughout your journey, uh, as you're playing through a board, you'll you'll encounter a, a portal. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, it, are the, those are randomly generated, right? Or is it like every couple levels? It depends. Um, so yeah, oh, cool. it, it, there are certain levels. Most of the levels, you will find a portal, but sometimes you won't. So yeah, kind mm -hmm. of randomly generated. Yeah. Because um, I remember I've uh, I've accounted for finding a portal and I didn't find one. And I was like, ah, I need that. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely some, uh, no spoilers, but there are definitely some elements that, uh, it, you know, for people who want to see everything in this game, you're definitely going to want to go in all those portals. Um, mm. One of the things that's really cool, we're speaking to strategy and kind of developing strategy and how this game, if you want to progress further and further in it, you are going to have to eventually grok some very interesting strategy mechanics. Uh, sometimes you enter a portal, it'll ask you to, to clear the room. And it's like, yes. well, how can I clear this room? There's only one potion here and there's like five enemies. How do I do that? And the only way you're going to make it through is by figuring out strategy. And I think that's it's great that the game teaches you how to do that uh, mm -hmm. a little bit at a time. So I don't know. It's lots of really great elements folded into every aspect of, of Pocket Dungeon. Um, I was not expecting to... I think one of the issues I was having with single stock early in the game was that I was trying to play it fast. And Celia, as you mentioned earlier, really taking your time and learning mm -hmm. how to actually play the game is it has a tremendous impact on uh, on enjoyment. So it, I don't know if you're listening to this and you want to play this game, take your time. Is what I would Definitely. say. Definitely. Yeah. And the cool thing about the clear the rooms is like, let's say you're like, oh, I messed up. Just leave. It's okay. You can just leave the portal. <laughs> <laughs> Also, no one will judge you. I won't tell anyone. Like, yeah. Shovel Knight won't thank either, you. okay? <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that because after my first few times going into the portal and then being like, I'm not ready, you know, I did chicken out a few times. So thank you for the the, the get out of jail safe card there. Yeah. Okay. So. Yacht Club says, let, Yacht Club says, you can relax. It's allowed. It's okay. Wow. All right. I'll take a deep breath then and then get to my next question um, because and also one of the things i enjoyed about the the portals in general is just like the cool visual change that you go in there and then also just the visuals in the game are in general are just so beautiful it's a really really great looking game but it's also quite different from what the original shovel knight looks like and the mainline shovel knight kind of series looks like with a more um kind of chunky pixelated style so could you talk a little bit more about uh why introduce this new visual style for pocket dungeon and what it was like to translate this general shovel knight like aesthetic and style into a new um a new presentation then so for this, um, so it kind of also goes back to the name. So Pocket Dungeon 
it everything about it is small and it's cute like it can fit in your pocket it's mm. inspired by the puzzle games of yesteryear where you know they had cute characterized characters um you can even like relate it to you know how like there was a it was a pocket fighters which was a street fighter like things like puzzly um like Game Boy, I think it was Game Boy Color game. So like they were all cute and characterized as well. So it, it's kind of with that aesthetic, all of it, it's like, what would they look like in this type of like 90s style game? And so we went with that theme to have it fit. So everything that was in the Shovel Knight universe, what if it was shoved and be, like made really small? So it all just ties back to the original theme and has a, a strong tribute to the portable gaming era of like the Game Boy Pocket. So it, it ties into those type of things. And I think for the team, it was just like, let's make everything cute. And <laughs> Meg did a great job of making the sprites. And Russell did a great job, too, of just adorableizing everything. I don't think adorableizing the word, but it is to oh, describe it's a word. this. It is now. Okay. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> even the gigantic Tropple King is the cutest little baby ever. I want to pinch his little fishy cheeks. Um, does, does he have cheeks? Uh, he has cheeks now. Um, <laughs> he's just so cute. And so having that style is just kind of just imagining what everything would look like small. And I don't know, I, I think it fits really well. So Shovel Knight is a all-encompassing franchise. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's just another like universe that Shovel Knight could be in. It he really transcends. Is. He does. <laughs> Shovel Knight transcends everything, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll just say that I the first few moments playing the game and seeing what all these different characters looked like in this cute pocket-like style was just so magical. And then encountering like King Knight for the first time and seeing his pose as he's like got his hand up in the air and he's looking all like dignified. You know, the way that each tiny little sprite captures those characters' personalities so well is, is just so cool. And then you throw in the animations along with that. It's really a cool new take on, on the series for sure. Oh, since we're talking about since we're talking about aesthetics, uh, can we can we maybe talk about how amazing the music is? Oh yeah, is I that... was gonna say that yes. it's so good. It. The remixes, man, they're so freaking good. I I don't have anything pertinent to say other than like the music's really good. <laughs> I like it. Celia, can you talk a little more about the music? <laughs> oh heck yeah! Uh, so Jake did all of the music. He's Ooh, great. Yeah. Yeah, he sent me all the, the final tracks so I could just jam out to it. So that was really cool of him. <laughs> Thanks, Jake, if you're listening. Um, so fun fact, Jake Kaufman is uh, like officially a part of the Yacht Club Games crew before we used to collaborate, but he's actually, he works with us. He is a Yacht Club crew member now. So it's been such an honor to work with him on this project. Um, That's awesome. And I'm really jazzed for you guys to hear more of the soundtrack as you play through the game because it's really good. Like Jake did not need to go this hard on the soundtrack. He did not he need to go this hard. I meant to say. He did not. Like he just just <laughs> bump it out to it, just like dancing. Not he wasn't dancing, but like in my head he was. He might have been dancing. We don't know. I mean, I yeah. was dancing when I got to the planes for the first time, and just that remix. I was just like, I don't even want to play. I just want to jam out at this point, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it feels good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's cool. It's it, as Campbell mentioned. Uh, it, it is a completely different uh, visual style, and I think the the music it's it's the same. It's similar themes. It's a lot of the same themes, but the remixes are so good, and they totally fit into like okay, it's still Shovel Knight, but it's like an alternate dimension. Like it, it totally fits in uh, to to everything that's happening in the game, and I think it fits with the theme. Um, as you were just saying, of of it, it's still Shovel Knight, but it's a little bit different. It's a little bit cuter. It's a little bit whatever. It's it's great. 
Yeah, even the SFX, like Jake did not need to go hard on. Like the the sound, how it feel it feels so good to collect those gems. <laughs> like good. I would kill an enemy, yeah. like the noise it makes, just like, ah, oh, good job, Jake, good job. <laughs> And then the sound when you get like a really big combo or something too, like it's just he's everything. So it's just so euphoric. Absolutely. Yeah, he he did great. He's really talented. Yeah. I'm I'm really honored to work with him. Celia, but, could we possibly see this on vinyl in the future with Fangirl? Uh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> right now, it's not in the pipeline. Um, but you never know for the future. Like we'll, I don't know. We'll call up. We'll call up John. <laughs> we'll call up John Irwin over at I am Eight Bit and be like, "Yo, listen, uh, we gotta we need it. Let's do it." <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, Celia. If you do decide to do it, you've got three orders right here. Whoa. So you're already gonna turn a profit, obviously. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy the rest you... of the the MOQ. <laughs> <laughs> Campbell, what do you think things cost for this to be turning a profit? Um, I know, you never know, though. Um, If we ever do release the soundtrack, I'll be sure to keep you guys in the loop about it. Oh, sick. Awesome. We also, for the listeners who aren't just my friends, um, uh, we'll be sure to announce it on our social media pages and website if we ever have any updates about the soundtrack. Nice. That's my marketing spiel. That's good. Oh, listen, (laughs) I I love when when you pull out the marketing spiel. It's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, I have one more substantive question to ask about this game, and that's the fact that as Shovel Knight has progressed throughout the years, one of the things I've really enjoyed the most about subsequent games is how the story has developed throughout, and how like even with with things like for um, for Plague Knight's Tale, like that had a super like surprisingly poignant story, you know, and Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. Like you kind of mentioned, it's set in an alternate dimension in a way, but there is a there are some cool story elements in there. So my question is, is is Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon canon? And if so, how does it work into the Shovel Knight lore? You know, it's funny. I asked David if I'm allowed to tell you guys, oh. and he said, "I'm not the person to ask." Ha ha ha. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so what I can say is that Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon is canon. Um, it is wow. not a direct sequel. Anyways, so okay. that is Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. I, I I keep on asking. I'm like I'm like is it candy? He's like of course it is. And I'm like cool. I can tell people that. Um, but as it fits in the Shovel Knight timeline, um, only the future will tell. Maybe in the Shovel Knight Historia, if we ever make one, I'll throw it in there. You know who knows. <laughs> That is another thing that you would get at least three orders on, I'm sure, if you make a, <laughs> a story, a book, or anything of that sort. Okay, well, excellent. Um, yeah. Well, that's all that I had written down, at least as pertains to Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. Is there anything else that you feel like you'd really want to shout out about the game or let our listeners know about it? Play through the game. Inspect <laughs> every single thing you can. Because there are so many hidden secrets and so many fun things that we threw in there out of pure passion and excitement. Like, literally, we're like, we need to ship the game. Let's throw in more things. Um, (laughs) So I would suggest trying out everything, exploring new play methods, play with different characters, try them out. Try the daily challenge mode. Have you guys tried out the daily challenge mode yet? I I checked out a little bit, but... 
So the daily challenge mode, once it go, launches, it'll be more of a big deal, but it is a randomized procedurally generated level with a different character, different, you know, level, you know, different relics, everything of the sort in there. And everyone who owns Pocket Dungeon gets the same level every single day. So you are competing oh. for the top score every day, and there is a leaderboard. And um, yeah, you have to bury that, the competition that, uh, daily. <laughs> is that cross-platform? I actually need to check on that. I know it's on gotcha. every platform. I don't know if it's cross right. or it's particular. Thank you for it's asking. Pro it's that. probably no. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm just curious. It's probably my, my guess is that it'll be locked to to each specific platform, but it's just cross my mind. Yeah, no, of course. Um, so that's really awesome. And I think it's great because you get to play different characters. Like when I was playing through the game, like I started playing with Propeller Knight and I had usually stuck to Plague Knight or Shovel Knight or maybe Shield Knight. So getting to experience Propeller Knight's moves, I was like, oh, whoa, I really like playing as Propeller Knight. Mm. So now he's one of my mains. So it's, it's a nice way to experience the game in new ways. And I don't know, for viewers, if if they're playing the game and there's a certain aspect they're not particularly fond of, check out the game options. You can do tons of things. You can randomize the levels. You can change up your stock. You can um, do a lot of other stuff like turn off relics or items or make the bosses random. You know, there's there's tons of things that you can do with it. You can even turn off bosses. You don't even want to see them. You know, you don't you have to say hi to them. It's fine. Um, so there's a lot of fun things with it. And yeah, explore the campsite. I um I actually yes. discovered mm -hmm. something recently. I've been playing this game like I'm almost a hundred hours in, like that range, and wow. I just discovered something new about the game. And I was like, wait a minute, really? So check out wow. everything. That deep in, and you're still finding stuff in the campsite. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. No, I'm not. I'm not saying like judgingly. I'm saying like, wow, that's incredible. That's really really cool. Wow, that's great. Silly, these these have been such such delightful answers. Um, Thank you. Campbell, okay, Campbell, I I, I got to throw it to you for for uh, for number thirteen here. Um, <laughs> oh wait, like before you, you get to that, could I could I ask one question? Like, can't, yeah, Mark, mm -hmm. get in there, go for it. Okay, so Celia, so Yacht Club Games is basically like you guys collaborate with a lot of people, but yeah. will we see Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon collaborate with I guess other properties, or will we see any characters show up in the future? Because I know with the original, you know, we had Kratos, the Battletoads. Will this uh, particular Shovel Knight game oh. have any crossovers? You know what's so funny about that? Uh, Pocket Dungeon already has a crossover. Oh. Uh, Scrap Knight. Scrap Knight is a Shovel Knight Dig character. Oh. There you go. Interesting. Yeah, and you get to uh, hang out with her in Pocket Dungeon first. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> and I'm... Um, also, there's a crossover with Puzzle Knights. Uh, your friendly friend, Tip. <laughs> Tip is the original adventurer in Puzzle Knights, and that's why he's oh. so knowledgeable. <laughs> nice. I was um, wondering awesome. what was going on with Tip, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's him. Um, but for actual outside IPs, I don't know we'll see in the future. You never know. Like, a studio just should just like approach us and be like, hey, you want to do this? And the team's usually on board, but it just depends if we have time. So Right. I don't know. If, 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 mm -hmm. Who knows my, who might get who might get uh, uh, sucked into the pocket dungeon next, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll throw my hat in the ring for a Puyo Puyo Tetris character. Oh, that'd be so cool. I mean, personally, I think a Cyber Shadow crossover would be cool too, just to see Shadow like in a cute little, you know, pocketized form. <laughs> oh man, oh, he'd be, be so cute. serious about everything. 
Oh, that would be the perfect, <laughs> perfect crossover. Where do you think he would hang out in the campfire area? With oh. Spectre Knight. With Spectre Knight in the corner, the Edgelord oh, corner? Oh, yeah. They'd, oh, just, yeah. they'd yeah. just be in the corner being like, oh, we're so, we're so deep and dark. Yeah, that would be them, I think. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Legion would play Joustus with uh, with King Knight at the table. Aww. <laughs> oh, that would be that would be perfect. Absolutely. And now, unfortunately, in your answer, you mentioned Shovel Knight Dig. So now I'm obliged to ask: <laughs> yes. Dare we ask for any additional information about Shovel Knight Dig? You could dig into more details in 2022. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Development with Nitrobes going super awesome. I'm really excited to show more. Um, On our website, we actually did an update about Scrap Night. When we introduced her character, we also gave some cool new uh, screenshots of the Magic Landfill and Dig. So, sorry, excuse me. Um, I just hiccuped. Um, Yeah, go check them out. Cut that out. <laughs> Rewind. Time out. Cut that out. Um, cut that out. Um, so yeah, you know, her in the magic landfill. <laughs> so yeah, there's rewind. Yeah, if you check out on our website, there are a bunch of cool new screenshots of Scrap Night and Dig in the magic landfill. So go check them out. They're really awesome. Incredible. I will be yeah. sure to ch- keep an eye on those for the foreseeable future. And I'm very glad that we've had at least like three dig puns throughout the course of this interview, which I think is a good quota for now. So that's all the questions I had. Um, Cameron or Mark, you want to add anything? It's a really yeah. simple question, but uh, any plans for a physical release in the future? Oh, that would be so cool. I think that really depends. Right now, it's not in the pipeline. Yeah. Um, but if I don't know, Pocket Dungeon is a huge hit, and it just makes sense at the time. Like, I don't know. We don't know what the future holds. If we ever decide to go down that route, I'll be sure to announce it on our social media pages, as well as website, and I'll, like, write it in the sky or something. I don't know. Probably not that one. But gotcha, I will make gotcha. a whole lot of noise about it. She will She will uh, carve, uh, shoot a laser into the moon to spell it out. Is that... <laughs> I think that's what I'm hearing. Um, yeah, basically, I would say everything short of that, because I feel like I'd be violating a ton of international laws. <laughs> but... Okay, hold on. <laughs> so is the moon international is the question. Um, I think it's more oh like boy. intergalactical, really. I, I think Celia is going to go all yes. Sonic Adventure 2 and blow up half the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then I a mean, giant like, lizard is going to come out of the bottom, obviously. Yeah, that's how it works, and then yeah. Cameron and Campbell to- will have to uh, go supersonic and fight it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, okay, do, cool. and in the in the midst of doing that, we will announce that Shovel Knight Dig is getting a physical release. That's that's how that will go. Oh, uh, whoa. We're <laughs> jumping up to Dig 2. You guys are getting... We have to shoot off the other half of the moon for Dig. <laughs> and you see, but then you... Then it all ends up, and we find out that the Tropelkeen is actually the ultimate life form all along, and that's what we have to fight when we're supersonic. Wait, wait, you have to fight. All hail the fish of the king of fish and fruit. Hold on here. I might switch sides if you're fighting the Tropel King. Okay, but this is like the evil version. You know, we have to fight him so that way then he becomes all cute and nice again. You know, this is okay. ha- where the story is going, right? Didn't Sonic this is all, this is all canon, wizard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how does that game man? I don't remember. They kill the lizard, Eggman does something. Oh man, I used to... I, guys, I played so much Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. 
back in the day. Um, <laughs> that game was my childhood. I mean, I never actually finished it, though, just because I was really yeah, bad neither. at video games as a kid. <laughs> oh. Okay, that makes one of us. But yeah, I didn't. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm horrible, no, she's too. Not. No, it was, that was, no, we'll keep it. Leave it in. Uh, wow. No! So, <laughs> I'm so, crushed. Again, I'm just, crying. So uh, uh, we do want to say thank you, uh, Celia. All this Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon stuff, fantastic. It's a great game. We've all been playing it, and uh, we were very much looking forward to its release on December 13th. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. It's so going coming to out just uh, less than two weeks away. Very exciting at the time of this recording. Uh, but we wanted to wrap up the show. Uh, we've been talking about indie games the entire show. But we, so we wanted to, to kind of wrap it up with a different indie game that Mark's been playing uh, on Switch. Uh, a Short Hike, which came out, I think, two years ago at this point. Maybe last year. Sometime. Sometime. Uh, so yeah, some, some time ago, but but you've been, you finally gotten around to it. Why, why don't you why don't you tell us your your thoughts on a short height, Mark? So uh, I had played it. So here's the story. So uh, Campbell and I were generously offered by the developers some uh, to check it out on PS4. So oh, nice. um, I actually so I played through the game the other night on my PS5, and I was like, wow, there was so much I didn't discover in this game. So mm. I actually went back to it on Switch. And I started going through my save file, and I noticed, and I was like, huh, I only got nine golden feathers and made it to the top. Mm -hmm. So I just started exploring the whole game again. And there's something about it. Like, the first time I played it, I had an appreciation for it. I was like, it's a great little, I don't want to say open world, but it has, like, you know, it's a fun sandbox to explore. But now my second time playing it, I've actually now completed it four times. I've gone up the entire hike. And it's just every single time I play it, I find more to discover. And I think what's the biggest benefit about it is that it's a short hike. You can beat it in literally less than an hour. So mm -hmm. every single time I load it up, I end up completing the entire game. And I think yeah. that's just phenomenal about it for, you know, we always talk about this with time constraints and stuff like that, being in a time where games are just getting too long or... You know, yes. you're trying to find them in short bursts, but it's yeah, nice if I, to if find I can, a game. If I can, <laughs> if I can break in here and uh, commiserate with Celia for a minute, uh, I think we can all agree that video games are too long, and uh, playing anything past 9 p.m. is impossible uh, because we're tired. Is that is that an accurate uh, description of? Yes and no. Um, okay. Keep in mind, I've gone through Persona Five plus a uh, hundred hour runs like twice. And I'm considering <laughs> a third one. Oof. But yeah, I'm tired and old. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's hard sometimes to make time for games. It's like, sure. oh, I have to pull away from my job of gaming to play video games. Uh, <laughs> so it can sometimes be really difficult to like yeah. jump back into longer games. So to have something like that. You've already sold me on this game. Uh, while you were talking, I'm on ashorthike.com looking at the merchandise of characters <laughs> I don't know about. And <laughs> they're all so cute. Screenshots so of the game totally that I want to get. Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's cute. really it's it's really good. And 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 going back to to Mark's point, it's uh yeah, it's like a it's like a little third person platformer, very very basic. Um, just mm -hmm. there's lots of little mini games to experience, and the the entire point of the game is you're you're this little little bird, and you're trying to climb a mountain, um, for for story reasons. And uh, you can kind of do that at your leisure. You can you can explore this entire little island that you're on. You can just go straight for your objective. You can talk to all the little NPCs. 
But the the great thing about it is that it it can really make it as as long or as short of an experience as you want, um, and that's it's to its strength. It's like it feels really empowering to be like, you know what, I'm done with this game. I'm just gonna beat it, and it's like it feels good to like finish a thing, and uh, I think it's one of the one of the great strengths of a, of a short hike. And if you, if you haven't played it, uh, Campbell, have you played it, Campbell? I have played it a little bit, yeah. A little bit, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. You should, you should, you should finish that game. It's, oh yeah, one hundred percent. Even the little bit I play, like just the the absolute just serenity of it all. You know, it's just such a sweet little game. It, yeah. It's so relaxing to play through. Just the aesthetics are amazing, and I I totally commiserate with what you and Celia were talking about with the game being like so. These ambitious, huge games are so difficult to play through a lot of the times. Even as you know, a young whippersnapper like myself, um, <laughs> I actually hold in my hand right now a, a sealed copy of Persona Five that I still haven't gotten to. You can hear the How shrink wrap here. You. I know. Yeah. It's all right, Celia. Royal, royal or regular? Royal. <gasps> yeah, How I, uh, dare I you? There's an oh, extra C- character in there. I know. So Celia, a, l- a little bit of back. <laughs> Celia, a little bit of backstory. Uh, Campbell and I made a blood pact earlier this year that if one of us cracked and bought Persona Five Royal, the other would. And so in September, it was on sale on Amazon for like twenty dollars or something. So it was like Campbell, I, I'm, I'm putting it in my cart. He's like, all right, me too. Uh, and as a result, neither of us have opened it yet. So uh... <laughs> shame, I think or we, shame. I think we need an additional blood pack that whenever one of us actually opens up the dang game, then the other yeah. one has to as well and start playing. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll, 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 uh, I'll do that with you. That's great. Let's do it. All right, it's 100%. official. Oh my gosh. Okay. Meanwhile. Well, if you guys ever need tips when you get stuck, let me know. I've done a hundred percent social link run with it, meaning I've completed wow. every single wow. character's story in one run. It's called min maxing. You have the determination, laser focus. You can My do jaw's it. dropped right now. Having played a lot of Persona Four, the the idea of <laughs> the idea of doing that is making me like, wait, how would you even do that? Uh, congratulations to you. That's very Thank very you. well done. That um, was my my COVID era like accomplishment oh, sure. i was like i'm like well we're all stuck oh, inside no, me too. so me too i platinumed it royal on uh ps5 i'm oh proud of you god yeah that was that was a journey that was like a hundred something hours it yes was fantastic i remember being around uh my first playthrough i remember being around hour like i don't know 70 and i was like i think i'm, I'm almost done with the game <laughs> no i was wrong <laughs> 40 hours later <laughs> Still holding out hope that they'll bring it to Switch one day, but uh, it's oh, the, my, my, it's getting dimmer and dimmer. Uh, but I, I I have faith that it'll it'll happen one of these days. Maybe um, Persona Six when they make that <laughs> in twelve maybe. years. Like, yeah, 10 listen, years, they, 12 they brought years. they brought SMT Five over to Switch. They they made SMT Five for for Switch, so I, I have hope that we'll get have some more of some more of those things. No, I played uh, no no, I played a lot of three, but uh, ne- never got around to five just yet. Uh, nice. Maybe someday. Have you? Oh no, I haven't. That's why I'm asking. Uh, oh, <laughs> I think if I want to do that to myself. Um, yeah. So have, you played, that... have you played three at all? No. No. So okay. I'm aware play... yeah. of the type of games, and I know, like, okay. you know, how Persona's like friendship is cool. Like Shimagami Tensei is like <laughs> your god is dead, and everyone else is too. And so, like, I get that. <laughs> So it's more traditional, very difficult RP like JRPG, yeah, and I'm like, I dig hard, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I would say here's what I'll say. 
I, I know we're completely off the topic of uh, of our indie <laughs> spotlight, which which no no no. This, uh, listen, I I started this, so this is, this is my own fault. Uh, yeah, you did this. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you are interested in in, in uh, the Mega Ten series and you're and you're playing under Switch, definitely pick up Shimigami Tensei Three Nocturne. It's mm-hmm. extremely good. You will get a great sense of like, oh, I like this, or oh, I hate this. Probably within like two hours. Um, and it's it's a little less expensive than the brand new Shimigami Tensei Five because it's a remaster of a of a you know ten or fifteen year old game at this point. So it's like if you want to get a taste of of Mega Ten, check out uh, Nocturne. I it's on Switch. It's a great remaster. It's it's uh, it's all the things you love about Shimigami Tensei, but it's not like the the pressure of trying to beat a brand new game you know what i mean mm-hmm. and there's lots of guides online for like how to how to progress through it you know i don't know i uh, h- highly recommend it uh <laughs> but to bring it back to uh, to a short hike if you want a game that is the opposite of shin megami tensei <laughs> <laughs> i think it's literally the opposite <laughs> it's it's uh yeah i'm checking I'm checking my alignment chart here and yes this is on the opposite end <laughs> is a short hike very wholesome very sweet very low stakes and perfect on Switch, I think. If you just want to cozy up in bed and just like play a game for an hour before falling asleep, a short hike definitely fits the bill. Um, so yeah, shout outs to to a short hike. And uh, I, I, you mentioned merch. Now I want to look at the merch because there's probably cute like little bird figures. Yeah, that was bad that you told me because now I'm going to look it up too. <laughs> oh, my bad. Yeah, it's on Fan Gamer. So definitely don't go to Fan Gamer and look at that merch and then the Shovel Knight merch. Yeah, definitely, definitely don't. Definitely don't afterwards. look at the. <laughs> definitely don't look at the lenticular pin that I've been eyeballing this entire podcast. Definitely don't do that. Uh, and buy a Shovel Knight pin for your jackets. Don't do that. That would be crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's probably a good place to to end this podcast uh, of, of encouraging everybody to buy Yacht Club uh, merchandise, right? Uh, yeah. I've been your host, Cameron Jackson. Uh, you can find some of my writing over on Goombastomp.com. Recently, by the time you listen to this podcast, I'll have a review up on Chorus, a brand new game I played on the PlayStation uh, and uh, kind of a space dogfighting combat game very very fun uh, i've also written about inscription unsighted and wildermyth lately some indie games uh that i really much enjoyed at, towards the end of the year here uh i'm on twitter at, at action daxon and mark where can people find you on the internet you could of course find me at the mark Helm. that of course is mark with the c cow with the k right now up on goopastop.com you can find my articles for pokemon diamond and pearl Brilliant Diamond, Diamond Pearl, I should say. And, of course, my <laughs> weekly reviews for uh, Hawkeye, which the newest episode was wow. Cameron, we got to talk Wait. about that afterwards. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. Right, we'll catch up later. <sighs> so good. I'm behind. <laughs> Oops, sorry, it's, I, th- I thought my mic cut out, but it didn't. Sorry, continue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's all I had to say. That's all I had to say. Oh, okay. Love it. And uh, did you did you call out your social media? Did I did I miss that? Uh, I am on. What am I on these days? LinkedIn, Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> Instagram. Wow. I think it. that's all. Incredible. Uh, and Campbell, what about yourself? Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find all my games writing at GoombaStomp.com. I've got an article about which starter you should choose in Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, and you should stay tuned for lots of good Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon content coming out in the future. And if you want to keep up with me on social media, I am on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn. If you want to be professional about it, you can find me at Campbell S. Gill, uppercase CSG. Wonderful. And a, a very special thank you to our special guest, Celia Schilling from Yacht Club Games. 
Celia, thank you so much for your time and your your great responses to our questions and just like what a delight to uh, to, to have you on the show. Any, any social media you want to shout out? Anything you want to plug before we before we wrap it up here? Yeah. So Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon will be coming out December 13th on Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Steam. We can't wait for you to enjoy your puzzling adventure. If you want to follow Yacht Club Games on social media, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Yacht Club Games. You can follow us on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash Yacht Club Games. And we're also on Instagram. We're at Yacht Club Games. Um, you can also join us for our streams. Uh, we're twitch.com, no, sorry, twitch.tv. There we go. At Yacht Club Games. We're Yacht Club Games on everything. If there's a social media platform, we have it. And uh, personally, if you want to see funny animal retweets, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Celia B with three E's. And yeah, that's that's it. Perfect. Of course, NExpress is also on Twitter. We are at NExpress Nintendo, and we are on the podcast platform of your choice if you'd like to download and listen and star us and review us and rate us and all that good stuff. Podbeans, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>